say. And um, I'm going to say, if you've, if you've got kids this morning and they're year three plus, then the, if they can head out the door, then the guys at the back, Mandy and all the team, are waiting to take them out to their relevant groups. If you've got younger kids with you, um, the groups are already running for them, but feel free if you want to head down into the, the sort of area where the biscuits are and things and tea and coffee. There's a TV on the screen there. You can watch the service there or, or more than happy for you guys to be up here and in, in the service as well. And I just find it, it is year six. I'm like, I don't know how to ever really present that. Do I say year six or do I say an age? Because I think of myself and I'm like, I haven't got a clue what year Isabel's in. And actually, if you were asked me, I probably would struggle to know what age she was as well. So, um, so year six, or year three, which I believe would be around five or six years old, something like that. So, um, but all the groups for all the ages are not at all. Jackie's shaking her head at me. There you go. It proves I'll get it right. I've got three others, three kids to run through that. So um, that wasn't prophecy. I haven't got anything else going on. Um, this morning, we're looking at the power of margin. The power of margin this morning. The power of putting margin into your life. And the youth. The 11 pluses are also going out with Ryan. So if there are any, um, they might already be there without the leader. Good work. There we go. We'll get it right. Um, yeah, we're looking at the power of margin this morning. The power of margin. Putting margin in your life. Putting space in your life. It's one of the, um, if, you, if you've got a Bible with you, just turn to James 1 verse 19. There are some Bibles dotted around and Luke can, if you put, put your hand up, Luke will chuck those around to people. Um, James 1 verse 19. Putting space in your life. I'm, um, it, it's quite interesting that we're doing this, this topic on hearing from God. I'm not so great at listening. Um, as I went out yesterday morning to do some work in, 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 on the extension, Mandu's like, make sure that you put some sun cream on. This is testimony to not listening. I was like, it's fine, the clouds are out. I'm not going to get burnt. I'll be all right. And I came in yesterday. I was like, God, I feel rough. I, feel, I woke up this morning thinking, man, I really feel rough. <laughs> but I'm, I, and I do this all the time, and I don't listen. And so this is it's really interesting that we, we are focusing on listening this morning. And, and for me, it's hard to also pull together. Like All I'm going to do this morning really is introduce this, this um, series. And, and what's going to happen is Tim and, and Jude are going to take us through the rest of the, um, the series, the other three that are in um, in, in this part of the, the session, if you'd like to get us to the end of August. Um, and so this morning, we're just going to introduce listening. We're just going to introduce that and, and the importance of it and the importance of putting power or the power of putting margin in your life and putting space in your life to listen. I'm just going to read from James 1 verse 19, and it is behind me if you do want to follow that way. It says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And i just read on. Because ang human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Now, the, the context of this, and, and it's always good to get that, is the context before is that the James is writing to the 12 tribes here. And they're basically in the position where they're going out and they're facing persecution, they're facing hardships, they're facing tough times, they're facing times where people are stepping up and saying to them, actually, you can't do this, and actually, you're not able to do this, and, and people are coming at them from all sides. And so in, what James is saying is, rather than listening to people, stop listening to people. 
Listen to God. Rather than speaking up, rather than saying things that you shouldn't say, rather than taking that time to speak to the person that maybe is coming at you and saying something that that actually, what James is saying here is stop. Listen. Listen to what God is speaking into your life. Take that time, take that space. I don't know how many of you find that difficult. I, I know that I'm definitely one to be quick to speak. Um, not so great to listen all the time. And I don't know how many of you stood there in worship thinking, I'm wondering whether I've put enough potatoes on. I'm wondering whether actually I've got enough meat in the oven. We've got family coming over today and I'm thinking, I'm wondering if they're gonna be a little bit bewildered by the lack of space we have in the house at the moment because we're doing something else. I'm wondering, and you know, you keep thinking, you keep putting things in the way, you keep actually putting things in the way of the space that God is saying, I wanna get in there, I wanna speak to you. Are you listening to me? I find it really difficult And I think sometimes the misconception is that actually the noise and the distractions in our life are audible noises. I think I find, the more I think about it, the more that I realize that actually the distractions that stop me from listening to God's voice are not actually audible. They're not necessarily people speaking at me, but what I'm thinking myself what I'm speaking to God rather than listening. And so in actual fact, a lot of the distraction that comes into our life is not necessarily audible distraction, but it's actually distraction that we put in the way. It's a distraction of our mind and thoughts. And actually, I find it really difficult to just sit back and think, okay, I've got to meditate on the word of God. I've got to meditate on what God is saying to me. I've got to spend time, take time to listen to what God has to say. And it takes practice. And do you know what? Um, I don't think that it's a bad thing that we find this initially really challenging. And all I would say is that we have to practice this in our Christian lives. And we keep doing it, even when we find it's hard, because when we start doing something and we do it regularly, then we make it habitual. And then we find it hard on those days when we don't actually get up and we don't give God the best part of our day or we don't get up and actually just give him space to speak into our lives, because we've made something so habitual in our lives that we miss it. Does that make sense? And it's so important that we hear the voice of God. Do you have pause in your life right now? If you were to just take a moment to think about it, do you have pause, do you have space in your life where you're allowing God to speak to you? And it's funny, I don't, I don't know about you, but I, I, love, I love speaking to people that know what they're talking about. So if you don't know what you're talking about, I'm probably not going to enjoy speaking to you. No, that's, that's not the case. But I love speaking to people that know what they're talking about. I love speaking to business people that know what they're talking about. I love speaking, speaking to people that have done ministry, that have had ministry achievements, to know what they're speaking about, just to sit with them and listen to them. But the funny thing is, I find it really challenging sometimes to stop and listen to, to God. The creator of the heavens and the earth, the author of all things, the giver of life, the God that knows the plans that he has for each one of us, 
the purpose that he has for each one of us. Does God know what he's doing? Yes, he knows what he's doing. And for me, I'm, I'm, I, I question myself. I'm like, why should I find that difficult? Why should I find it hard to sit with God and spend time listening to his voice? Because the Bible quite clearly says, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans for good and not for evil. And this is not a God that I'm gonna sit with and he's gonna say, do you know what, Sam? Actually, I wouldn't bother. I created you, but then, do you know what? Actually, it's not working out, is it? It's not going so well. So I'm gonna leave you in the lurch because uh, I've got some other guys that are really cracking on well. It's not gonna do that. God has an amazing plan, an amazing purpose for my life. He has an amazing plan, an amazing purpose for your life. And the only thing that stops us tapping into that, stops us tapping into that potential, is when we don't put the margin in, when we don't put that space in, when we don't just sit there and say, God, I know that you've got an amazing plan for me. Speak, I'm listening. It's funny, I think of some of the things that have happened in my life, and I think of when they've been birthed. Um, and I guess to put it into context, God gave me the vision for the skate park, and, and I very much believed at the time God was saying, this is the tip of the iceberg for, for Launceston and for the Methodist circuit. And, and we sit here with an amazing church of people. We sit here with a center, with a soft play, and, and that's got nothing to do with me. But that has everything to do with someone putting the time to just sit there and listen and hearing from God and hearing God's vision and hearing God's purpose for this place. And do we, do we always get it right or do we lose track somewhere along the line? Yes, of course we do. But I think back of when these things were originally birthed and actually they were birthed from a place of sitting and listening to God. And for those of you that know the space, then um, we, we used to have an office when we first came here and were employed. We had an office in room 10 at the very top of Central. You had to go up about 600 stairs to get there. And, um, it, and it was the very top of Central. At the, and actually, I remember coming and when we sat there, um, we didn't have any computers or anything to start with. We just had um, one desk and one sofa in there. And I remember just sitting there and we just spend so much more time listening to God, hearing what God wants us to do. And I'm not saying chuck your computers out the window, but what I am saying is that we need to prioritize time in our life. We need to give God the best of us. We need to not get to the end of the day and think, actually, do you know what? I'll spend time tonight just with God. And you know, I'm just gonna rest in his presence while I fall asleep. But we need to give God the best time in our lives because when we do that, it's incredible what comes out of that. And do you know what comes out of that? It's the heart of God, the will of God. And that doesn't birth small things. That births big things, big things in our lives, life-changing things, but life-changing things for this community. This is not, and, and I wanna make sure we're all clear on this, this is not a church that is just gonna be a nice place to turn up on a Sunday. This is a church that I firmly believe offers life, offers joy, offers peace, offers love, offers community to a surrounding town that seeks that somewhere else. Why? Because we've got Jesus in the center. 
Because when you come to know him and you spend time listening to him, then you realize that actually that is exactly what he has for you, that he loves you, that he accepts you, that he has everything that's good in store for your life and he has a plan and a purpose for your life. That's the kind of church that we will be. But we have to spend time listening to God. I don't know about you, I, like, um, I was, this is a prime example of me not listening and getting it wrong. I was, yesterday, Isabel walked up the garden to me and she was soaking wet and I thought they'd been down there throwing stones in the pond and it just been splashing. And I was like, Isabel, why are you doing, like what's, you know you don't throw stones in the pond. And she's like, but dad, and I was like, no buts. You don't throw stones in a pond. And she's like, yeah, but dad, I didn't. And I was like, no, right, you go inside. Go up onto the naughty step. And I was just, I think maybe it was the heat stroke also kicking off there as well. And I was getting a bit teasy. So anyway, she goes in. And then I went in to speak to her. I actually forgot for about half an hour. And she was still sat there when I went back into the house. But I went back in to speak to her. And I'm like, Isabel, why did you do that? You know that that's not something you do. And she's like, no, dad, I didn't do that. And I'm like, Isabel, we've talked about lying. You know, like before I nail you with something else. And she jumped in and she said, but dad, I was cycling down the hill and the brakes that you said you'd fix weren't fixed on my bike and I ended up going into the pond. So it wasn't until I walked down and I saw in the pond is her bike just lying. And this, the pond is very small. It's not even a pond, it's like a puddle in the bottom of the garden. And she'd actually cycled down and she'd cycle into the pond. And she'd only done it like the day before. And I was like... So I was cross anyway about that, but it was just like a prime example of me not listening. Not listening to her, jumping the gun. But we've got to understand that when we listen, whether we're listening to our parents or whatever it may be, or our spouses, when we listen, and especially when we listen to God, we sharpen ourselves. When we listen to God, when we spend time out listening to God, we become better parents, we become better spouses, we become better work colleagues, we become better friends. Because what listening does is it tunes you into the heart of God. And the heart of God is not about broken families. The heart of God is not about broken relationships. God is our father, God is a parent. The heart of God is not about us falling out with our kids. But we only sharpen ourselves when we tune in and we listen to his voice. But it also does another thing when we listen. I, I was never so great in school. I would like to think I was a bit more practical than I was academic and maybe some people say you're definitely not practical and so therefore I'm really not sure what I am. But I was not very great at listening in school. And one of the hardest things when I moved down here, actually, was one of the teachers I really didn't listen to very well at all was Tony Cox's wife. <laughs> Incredibly awkward coming back down to a place where Tony was our um, old superintendent here and meeting Tony for the first time and then meeting his wife. And she said, oh, I know you, Sam. And I'm like, oh, haven't you forgotten all the bad stuff? Or do you... But um, I wasn't that great at listening in school. But the knock-on effect to not listening meant that I actually didn't do very well in my exams. 
didn't do very well at all. And so there were some, and, and I kind of like to, I'm very, perhaps I'm very sort of um, straight down the line. I was hitting all C's or all E's. There was no other grades in between there. We didn't mess around with A's, B's, or D's, or anything like that. But part of that was because I chose to not listen. And listening produces success. There's, I've got a friend of mine, um, and he's just one of these people, and I don't know whether you actually think now whether you've got anyone like that, but I've got a friend of mine who's um, just one of these people who doesn't speak very much. But you know when they do say something, and they come out with something, it's incredibly wise, and it's bang on the money. They know exactly what they're talking about. They know exactly what situation they're speaking into. And then they go back and you're like, what happened? That hermit all of a sudden became someone who spoke and then he's a hermit again. And, and it's like, they speak wisdom. Why? Because they listen. Because they're in tune. They know what's going on. They're quick to listen. They're slow to speak. And I don't know for you whether it's the same, but prayer sometimes for me becomes a bit more of like a shopping list. It's very monologue. When actually prayer is dialogue. And probably I would go as far to say the most important thing in prayer is not our voice to God, but is God's voice in response to our voice. It's God's response to us asking God, seeking God. But we have to also have balance in our life. And I say this because um, we could probably all put our hands up and say that um, Sometimes we've listened to things and we've listened to people and that hasn't been particularly positive and it's actually not spoken necessarily the right thing into our lives at the right time. And so yes, we have to listen but it's so important for us to prioritise where we're listening and who we're listening to. We need to pause because success comes from waiting on the Lord. And I just, I love the Bible verse in Psalm 127. And it says this, it says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. One of the things I think that's the biggest challenge here is that I'm, I'm a really like a gung-ho person. I love to put things in place. I love to do new things. I'm not so great at just sitting back and chilling out. And I've got some great people around me that tell me to just like slow down, stop, just wait a minute, hold on. Um, because actually this verse is so true for this church. That if all we focus on is what new programs can we put in place? What new things can we do? What new outreaches can we do? What new stuff can we do? And God is saying just wait. Listen to my voice because if you go ahead and you build this church, then it will fail. You will be working hard and it will not work. And you know, the Bible quite clearly says, be the rock and on this rock I will build my church. You know what, some of us, we've got to hear this this morning, that actually all we have to do is focus on being the rock. Being that person that's so in tune with God that actually when it comes right, and when it comes to the right time, God will just say, okay, I'm ready. I'm gonna start building on this. I'm gonna build on this foundation because this foundation is strong, because this foundation is in tune with me, because this foundation is straight and knows exactly where I'm going. This foundation is actually walking the will of God. It's walking 
everything that I have for them, so I'm ready to build, I'm ready to entrust, I'm ready to start putting things in place. And all we've got to do is focus on being that rock. And actually, do you know what? It takes a massive amount of pressure off us. I don't know how many of you have started to come here and, and people have said, so how many people, how many people were there on Sunday morning? How many people, how many, how many bums on seats were on Sunday? How, what was the sort of figures we're looking at? Do you know what? Don't worry about it because it's not your burden to carry. It's not your thing to carry. It's not my thing to carry. This is God's. And God will build his church as long as we focus on the right thing. So what are you striving for in your life right now? If you're sat there this morning and you're striving for acceptance, let me tell you something, you're accepted. If you are striving for love, let me tell you something that you are loved. If you are striving for peace, let me tell you something, that if you haven't got a relationship with Christ, you will never know true peace. If you're striving for joy, then I can tell you categorically that a relationship in Christ will bring you joy. What is it that you're striving for this morning? The Bible says this, it says in John 10, verse 27 to 28, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hands. My sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. It doesn't say my sheep could hear my voice. My sheep should hear my voice. My sheep will hear my voice. It says my sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. My people hear my voice. So probably one of the biggest challenges there is if that's what scripture says, that my sheep hear my voice, what does it mean if we're not hearing his voice right now in our lives? What does it mean if you aren't hearing his voice? And I don't want to sound harsh. I don't want it to come across strong. But I honestly think the challenge for us if we're not hearing his voice is that actually maybe we're not walking in the will of God right now. And that does not mean that you're off the rails. It does not mean that you're partying Saturday, Sunday night, coming to church Sunday morning and thinking, God, where are you? It doesn't mean that actually, you know, I've completely gone off the rails in every walk of my life. It does not mean that. It might just mean a simple case of you're not giving him the best part of your day. You're not giving him the best part of your day. For me, and just to be completely open and honest, um, I text a friend of mine the other day and I'm like, what devotional are you going through right now? Because I'm struggling at the moment. I'm struggling to get up in the morning to give God the best part of my day. One of the challenges is on our, on our new website is that I'm writing a thought for the day um, and making sure that I post that up there because it, it keeps me accountable to making sure that actually in the morning I'm giving God the best part of my day because there might be some people looking there waiting for a devotional that doesn't turn up. And so actually it's so important for us to make sure that we give him the best part of our day. Because when we're not hearing his voice, it means we're not in tune with him. Because God does not stop speaking. But one of the questions I guess I ask is, okay God, 
I'm here, I'm listening, so what's your will for me? What is it that you want me to do? But we've got to understand that actually, when we seek guidance, when we seek decision makings, when we seek, seek the will of God for our life, that actually is twofold, it, it links so, it's linked so well into hearing his voice because you cannot know the will of God for your life if you do not know God's voice in your life. Because God's voice produces God's will for your life. And so that's why it's so important. And I don't know about you, but um, it's hard. I think we go through life, don't we, trying to sort of dip into different things to work out what is it that God wants us to do. And we dip in and out of college, uni, jobs, sometimes relationships, to know exactly, well, God, what, what is it that you, you want? And, or, or in actual fact, sometimes we don't even know that, and that's why we're dipping into those things. And we're not sure where to put our, um, our assurance, our security, because we can't hear the will of God. And again, a personal experience of mine, it wasn't... Um, I, before I met Mandy, I split up from a very long-term uh, relationship and I was devastated. She didn't just split up with me, she actually moved to Australia. I'm thinking, really, am I that bad? Five, six years in, you'd think you would have realized this by now. And I, for ages, I was like, do you know what? I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna be right here. I'm not gonna be full. Like, I've, I've been so used to someone from such an early age that I'm not gonna, I, I need someone else. And, and it took me about 10, 11 months to then realize, do you know what? Okay, this isn't happening. I'm definitely, you know, I'm trying everything and this is, I'm not getting anyone else. And, and it took me like 10 months to then realize, okay, do you know what? Maybe I just need to sit and I need to say to God, I'm gonna spend this time now just being content in listening to you and what you want me to do in my life and where you're calling me. And within about three months, he brought Mandy along. I'm like, I thought we had a deal here. I thought we were just focusing me and you. And, and so, and obviously, years on, we're married. Um, and so, but it didn't come, I don't believe, until I sat with God and I just said, I'm content with listening to you because what you have for my life is the best. And the scriptures tell us as well in Matthew 4, verse 4, it says this, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now we say sometimes, well, I'm here, God, but you're not speaking, you're not speaking to me. I, don't, I can't hear your voice. And, but this categorically says, and I'll just say it again, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now the Greek word for proceeds actually means something that is continual, a continual flow of something. So it actually means that in this context, that God spoke to his people in the past. God speaks to his people now and the promise that God will continue to speak to his people. It's a continuing thing. It's a continuing thing. Our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and it's so imperative that we know the voice of God. I, um, I remember the first time I went to Canada, and I was, um, I wanted to really impress Mandy's folks because it was like the first time, we'd been together for quite a long time and I was gonna ask her dad, you know, like the question, the thing you do, that didn't go so well, but you might hear about that some other time. But um, 
I remember like studying up on everything to do with British Columbia. She's up in Vernon, right in the Okanagan Valley, beautiful place. And I studied up on everything and, and how, you know, the lake size and almost how many liters were in the lake and how high the mountains were and how much snowfall they had and precipitation and all that kind of stuff that's really incredibly boring. And I had all this knowledge... And I jumped in the car, and they came and picked us up at Vancouver. And um, it's about a five-and-a-half-hour drive up, through, up to the Okanagan Valley where she is. And I remember, like, driving up, and her dad just said to me, because I, I I'm reeling off all these facts, and he's like, yeah, yeah, he's a very, um, he's definitely one that listens and, and speaks later. And, you know, when he gives, the, you know, those people that sort of, don't say anything, and you feel like, I'm going to have to keep filling this space, and I'm going to have to keep talking. So I'm like, I'm sure he's really bored of the facts by now. And we come around this corner, and actually, God, um, Lee, sorry, Mandy's dad sort of says to me, now this is Lake Kalamalka, and this is how big it is. And he said, we're going to drive down. You're going to come with me, and we're going to drive down, and we're going to get out and have a look at it. But as I came around, I was just blown away because this lake was green. And it was just incredible with it, the backdrop of it on the mountains. And, and I was just amazed, absolutely amazed. And there was snow all over the mountaintops. And it was just like no knowledge could have prepared me for that. And I had the privilege of being able to drive through that then for the next couple of hours and sort of get to Mandy's and wind around the, because it was so snowy, we had to take different directions. It was just, every turn was incredible. And I love the fact that Peter never walked on the water because of his knowledge of God. It wasn't down to how much he knew about God. It had nothing to do with it. Peter had a specific word from God. And for me, it just took me back to that specific word from Lee where he was like, come on, we're going to drive, we're going to drive right the way through this. You're going to get to experience this. And Peter asked, he said, Lord, if you are Lord, command me to come. And Jesus replied in one simple word, come. Peter could have had all the knowledge of Jesus. He could have had all of that but unless he was listening just for that one, one word, he wouldn't have got out of the water. And I can guarantee, even though he sunk, I can guarantee that that was a milestone in his life that changed the way he did things in his life. Because he listened to that one small voice. Listening produces faith. I was, um, a couple of years ago, I was in Australia, and um, I remember uh, I was really struggling, and some of you guys, certainly the, um, in my old youth uh, team, they, they, they would have heard this story before, but I, I remember really, I, I'd just been coming from teaching at a Bible camp for about eight weeks, and I remember coming back and spending some time um, just chilling out, really, with a friend that I was doing that with, and and my Bible time in, in the mornings just went out the window because in actual fact, we were just chilling out and didn't, I wasn't teaching anything. I wasn't, you know. And I remember having this vision of coming down the stairs and God being sat on the couch there 
and with his like Bible, with the Bible open, just sort of waiting for me to just come and sit down with him and, and, and just for him to be able to explain stuff to me, to, for him to bring fresh revelation. And I walk past and I go to the kitchen and just pour my fruit and fiber. I have to have fruit and fiber every day. It's the only thing that keeps me going. Um, and the vision was so clearly like God just saying to me, am I important enough for you to spend time with? Because as Christians, we believe he is everywhere. And so we believe that when we get up in the morning that he is there waiting to bring fresh revelation to his word when we spend time with him. He's there waiting to speak into our lives every morning. But do we have enough time? Is he important enough to stop and say, okay, God, I'm here, bring that revelation? So how are you gonna hear his voice in this age that we find ourselves in that is incredibly busy, seems like things are always going on. How are you going to find time to hear his voice? Because so many of us call ourselves Christians but actually walk this life without really hearing from him on a regular basis. And we can all put our hands up to testimony to that. Because quite honestly, we probably also struggle to hear from each other as well, or listen to each other. And I know, um, I know there's this great story of um, President Roosevelt, where he, was, he got so tired of doing all the White House um, reception meetings, and et cetera, et cetera, and all these people that would come along, and how oh, lovely to meet you, Mr. President, and et cetera. And, and he said, okay, for, for once, I'm gonna see if people are really listening to me. And so he decided, that every time he met someone, he would shake their hand as he normally would and he would say, um, this morning I killed my grandma. And so he did that. And so the, in, in the White House, they had this reception and people were coming in and, and he's sort of meeting and he's shaking their hands. He said, this morning um, I killed my grandma. And they were like, oh, very, that's really nice. It's amazing to meet you, Mr. President. And you know, I killed my grandma. Yeah, oh, this is great. And there was this one foreign diplomat that he shook their hand and he said, this morning I killed my grandma. And the foreign diplomat leant in and said to him, oh, I bet she was asking for it. <laughs> but isn't it amazing that actually we struggle sometimes to listen to each other. We struggle to listen to God. We need to slow down. We need to put space in our life. The power of margin it's, it's, it probably, when, when I chucked it up there to start with, I'm just gonna invite the band to come up. When I chucked that up there to start with, it's like probably some of you looked at the, the topic and thought, what, what on earth does this mean, the power of margin? But we see when we put space in our lives, when we put margin in our lives to allow God in, it produces faith. It produces success. And it means that it, it has a knock-on effect for so many other things in our life. We see the will of God for our life. And so this morning, whatever it is that you have chosen to fill your mind with, chosen to fill your life with, I want you to realize, and I, and I say this in love, that they are not important in comparison to filling your life and your mind with listening to God and spending time with him. We cannot presume to live this life without hearing from heaven because we pray for heaven to be on earth. We cannot presume to go through this life and not hear from heaven.
the biblical um, scripture that we've read just a minute ago is that my sheep hear my voice. The sheep know and experience my voice. Why? Because we want to be a people of change, because we want to be a people that are living in full purpose. We want to be a people that are loved. We want to be people that have joy, unending joy. And so we need to hear the voice of God. He who has ears, let him hear. I love, I love the story of David. David and Goliath. When David became king, he said, I feel 10 feet tall. The story of David and Goliath. If David listened to sources that aren't of God, if David listened to his brothers and, his, and other people that told him, you're too small, you're not big enough, you can't do this, you're not strong enough, you can't. If he listened to those people, then we'd never have the story of David and Goliath, but he didn't, he listened to God. He listened to God and God said, you can do this. And this is not God just speaking to David, this is God speaking to each one of us. You can do it. You have the power in my name to do it. You are tall, you are strong. You can make it through. You have a purpose that's so greater than where you are right now. The will of God for your life is amazing and you will do it when you walk in my name. You will slay the giants in your life. Things will come up against you and you will overcome them by the power of God. I don't know what's going on in anyone's life here at the moment, but if there's stuff in your life that you feel overwhelmed by, if there's relationships in your life that are breaking down, if there's family stuff going on, do you know what? Take time out, listen to God, because God is saying that I will help you overcome these. I will bring peace into that situation. I will bring joy into that situation. I will bring life into that situation. I will bring love into that situation. And so my simple challenge for you today is give God the best part of your day. When you do that, and my heart is that you will live the will of God for your life, that you will live a life full of purpose, full of mission, full of life, full of joy. Amen.